Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday. April 27th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the Guidelines for Leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Akarai Mot, and it means, after the death. Leviticus 19, 1-37 The Lord also said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make metal images of gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a peace offering to the Lord, offer it properly, so you will be accepted by God. The sacrifice must be eaten on the same day you offer it, or on the next day. Whatever is left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will be contaminated, and I will not accept it. Anyone who eats it on the third day will be punished for defiling what is holy to the Lord and will be cut off from the community. 
When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines, and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not deceive or cheat one another. Do not bring shame on the name of your God by using it to swear falsely. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. Do not insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. You must fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You must obey all my decrees. Do not mate two different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two different kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven from two different kinds of thread. If a man has sex with a slave girl whose freedom has never been purchased, but who is committed to become another man's wife, he must pay full compensation to her master. But since she is not a free woman, neither the man nor the woman will be put to death. The man, however, must bring a ram as a guilt offering and present it to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then purify him before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering, and the man's sin will be forgiven. When you enter the land and plant fruit trees, leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years, and consider it forbidden. Do not eat it. In the fourth year, the entire crop must be consecrated to the Lord as a celebration of praise. Finally, in the fifth year, you may eat the fruit. If you follow this pattern, your harvest will increase. I am Yahweh your Elohim. Do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. Do not practice fortune-telling or witchcraft. Do not trim off the hair on your temples or trim your beards. Do not cut your bodies for the dead and do not mark your skin with tattoos. I am the Lord. Do not defile your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will be filled with prostitution and wickedness. Keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. 
I am the Lord your God. Stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. I am Yahweh your Elohim who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must be careful to keep all of my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. I am the Lord. Judges 7, 1 to 8, 17. So Jerob Baal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Moray. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, There are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only three hundred of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord God told Gideon, With these three hundred men I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the three hundred men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up! Go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent 
turned it over and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the three hundred men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too all around the entire camp and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the one hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars, and then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the three hundred Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far away as Beth Shittah near Zerorah and to the border of Abba near Tabith. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, who joined in chasing the army of Midian. Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. And they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterward, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. But Gideon replied, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Abiezer? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his three hundred men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. When they reached Sukkot, Gideon asked the leaders of the town, Please give my warriors some food. They are very tired. I am chasing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Sukkot replied, 
Catch Zeba and Zalmunna first, and then we will feed your army. So Gideon said, After the Lord gives me victory over Zeba and Zalmunna, I will return and tear your flesh with the thorns and briars from the wilderness. From there Gideon went up to Peniel and again asked for food, but he got the same answer. So he said to the people of Peniel, After I return in victory, I will tear down this tower. By this time Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor with about 15,000 warriors, all that remained of the allied armies of the east, for 120,000 had already been killed. Gideon circled around by the caravan route east of Noba and Jogbela, taking the Midianite army by surprise. Zeba and Zalmunna, the two Midianite kings, fled, but Gideon chased them down and captured all their warriors. After this, Gideon returned from the battle by way of Harris Pass. There he captured a young man from Sukkot and demanded that he write down the names of all seventy-seven officials and elders in the town. Gideon then returned to Sukkot and said to the leaders, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna. When we were here before, you taunted me, saying, Catch Zeba and Zalmunna first, and then we will feed your exhausted army. Then Gideon took the elders of the town and taught them a lesson, punishing them with thorns and briars from the wilderness. He also tore down the tower of Peniel and killed all the men in the town. Luke 23, 13-43 Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty, so I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him, and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Yeshua, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death, so I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Yeshua be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Yeshua to die, as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. But he turned Yeshua over to them to do as they wished. As they led Yeshua away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him 
and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Yeshua. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Yeshua turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Yeshua said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saying you're saving yourself, and us too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Yeshua, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Yeshua replied, I assure you, today you will be in paradise with me. Psalm 97.1-98.9 The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all of his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced, and all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Yahweh. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. 
The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the King, the Lord. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Proverbs 14, 7 and 8 Stay away from the fools, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Judges chapter 7 and 8. God uses the least likely to accomplish great and mighty things for his kingdom. And so we have Gideon, who initially was afraid and fearful, and who had to do the Gideon fleece test to make sure that God really was with him. And so God has now instructed him to go after the Midianites and wipe them out. And so he begins with an army of 20, no, 32,000 men. And God says, that's too many. The Is- uh, Israel will boast that they themselves, through their own power and their own strength, routed the enemy. You need fewer men. And so... He had 22,000 of them go home, whoever was afraid or timid, and then he was still left with 10,000. And the Lord told Gideon that still, too many men, we need yet a smaller army. And so he did a little test on how they would get water out of the river into their mouth, how they would drink. And so those that took their hands and cupped the water into their hands and drank from their hands were 300, and all the others lapped like a dog, just drank directly out of the stream. And so the ones that lapped directly out of the stream like a dog, they were sent home, and Gideon was left with an army of 300. So he went from 32,000 down to 300. So basically only 1% Slightly less than 1% of the entire initial army that he had is what he ended up with. So what comes to my mind is another scripture about a principle that the Lord uses the least likely. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it is written, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. 
I'm also thinking about the 10 spies and their negative report. So Joshua and Caleb came back and they were strong and courageous and they said, it's a good land. Let's go in. Let's take it. The Lord is with us. We can surely take this land. But the other 10 spies came back with a negative report and they said, we are like grasshoppers in their eyes, these giants. The land is filled with giants and we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. And they spread fear and doubt and unbelief throughout the camp. And it spread like a virus throughout the camp. And so they had the wrong mindset. They were looking at their own strength and their own capabilities and looking with carnal eyes, with worldly eyes. But instead of looking at yourself, you look at the God that you serve and who he is, who he is in you and through you. God chooses the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And so he uses the weak, the vulnerable, the broken, and what may appear to be strong and powerful is actually a facade and not real. He uses a single mom, a homeless person, a child, an unemployed person. He uses those that the world would discard or throw away. And Yeshua comes along and he scoops up the people who've been thrown away, the deplorables. And he says, these are my gems. These are my treasures. These are my people. That's who he uses. And so you're in good company. If you have felt discarded, rejected, set aside, overlooked, passed over, Yeshua sees you. And he says, you're one of my treasures. And I'm going to use you the way I use Gideon. May it be so. I want to conclude with the beautiful worship song. The song is called Psalm 98, Sing Unto the Lord. And it's sung by Shane and Shane. Have a blessed day. Let the seas roar and all feels Let the world rejoice and all Let the rivers clap their hands and the mountains
Yivrekka Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 